Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now as Pastor Joe Pettig teaches from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4. Do you know that little local girl, she gave her life to Jesus Christ the next day because she saw the power of God. And she's been going to church with them ever since. Guys, we have a powerful God in our midst. But do we allow him to, to be demonstrated in our midst? Do we allow him to work like he desires to work in our midst? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. And I think we can limit the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I know personally, I can limit the work of the Holy Spirit in my life through unbelief or through different ways. And think, oh no, you know, probably with the, the, the lemonade stand. I probably would have been there too. Yeah, let's pack up. You know, let's go. Let's go. You know, let's go home. Half hour, that's a long time. Let's go. We're wasting time here. Now let's pray. Let's ask the Lord to intervene. We have an all-powerful God that wants to set people free from the powers of darkness, the power of sin. And we have a wonderful privilege as believers to bring people to that all-powerful God. You and I have a privilege to do that. Isn't it a privilege? Are you blown away? I know every time that that I see a person give their life to Jesus Christ, I'm just totally dumbfounded. I'm blown away as I watch people, you know, being transformed right before my very eyes. I'm like, wow, check that out. I'm looking all around the room at people that have been transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. And his power is living in us and he's working in us. His spirit lives in us still today. Don't limit him. I know most of you know this already, but I want to make sure this is clear. The the Bible makes it very clear that every person born into this world is under the influence of Satan and darkness until he receives Jesus Christ. Do you know that? Every person, bar none. It doesn't mean every person's demon-possessed. And this might be eye-opening for somebody here today, but, but the truth, the reality of the teaching of the Bible that everyone is born in sin, they're born in darkness, and they have the influence of Satan is over their life if they know it or not. And I, and I guarantee you, you ask most people that have not accepted Jesus Christ, and you ask them, do you know that you're you know, persuaded by or you're influenced by the powers of darkness and evil? I guarantee most of you say, there's no way. Right? That happened to me. I had people tell me, you know, you're persuaded by the devil and this and that. I said, you are crazy. But you know that's what the Bible teaches? And the thing is, they don't even know it, that they're controlled. I'll give you at least one verse right now to, to back up what I just said. 1 John 5, 19. 1 John 5, 19. John the Apostle says, we know that we are of God. Speaking of the believer, Right? But then he goes on to say, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. The whole world. And that word sway can even be, uh, it can mean they're held captive. The whole world is held captive and they don't even realize it. 
Most of them don't even realize that, that they're persuaded by evil. They're persuaded. And, and sometimes I think we can get overly sensitive about the people in the world. Like, oh, I can't believe they're doing that. I can't believe they do that. Oh, I can't believe that. What do you expect them to do? They're persuaded by evil. They don't even know it. And listen, please listen. The unbelievers around us are not the enemy. We have to know that. We have to understand that. They're, they're not the enemy. They're the ones that are in prison. They're the ones that are held captive. And it's our privilege again to go in there and to pull them out of darkness and bring them to the light. Jesus wants to set them free. And Jesus set us free. And only, and only, and only, and I hope every one of us as believers understand that only Jesus Christ can set a person free. There's no other name given in heaven and earth that a man might be saved. Only in the name of Jesus Christ can a person be saved. That's it. Jesus wants to set him free. I love what John the Apostle said in 1 John 3, 8. It says, he who sins or practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning and then it says, it goes on to say, for this purpose, check this out. This is, if you don't know this verse, this is such a wonderful verse. Please write it down. First John 3, 8. It goes on to say, for this purpose, the son of God was manifest or brought into the world that he might destroy the works of the devil. For this purpose, for, you might say, well, what was the purpose for Jesus Christ coming? And yeah, there's different you know, purposes why he came. But John the apostle said, for this very purpose, the son of God was brought forth to destroy the works of the devil, to destroy the works of evil in people's lives. That's why he was brought forth. That's why he came when he, he died on the cross to take away the sins. He disarmed the powers and principalities and the rulers of darkness. And he's the head over all. I've been, again, being at the missions conference, you know, thinking of missions and, you know, was thinking about, you know, reaching people in other countries and I've been praying and Lord, you know, who do you want us to reach and what do you want to do? But do you know that never, never in history has there been so many people coming from around the world to, to the United States than ever before people from all around the world are coming here to our doorstep, like never before. Amazing. And you talk about missions. We, we have world missions at our doorstep. Think about it. Think, think of your neighborhood. We have Muslims. We have Buddhists. We have Hindus. We have atheists. We have every walk of life. God's bringing them all here. Right? And I'm not, you know, please don't get me wrong. I believe in missions. We need to go out. There's, there's you know, billions of people we need to reach. But some of us are called to be here. And like never before, we have a mission field in front of us. Like never, never, ever before. They need to see the power of God. They need to experience the love of Jesus. And nobody else can save these people. Nobody else. Self-help groups, these programs, all these things. They're not going to be set free. Jesus can set them free. Right? Right? I want to make sure you're with me here. And as we talk about the work of the Lord, we talk about his power. I've been so blessed to see what's been going on here at this place. This conference that we went to just, just totally refreshed me and given me, you know, just clarity of, of more things here. But, you know, I'm thinking about what the, in this small church, you know, what the Lord has been doing, it just blows my mind. The Christmas play. Guys, I mean, what was that? 
to watch so many people gather together to put that play together, the directing, the lighting, the sound, the, the special effects, the makeup, the costumes, the goes on and on, the acting, the stage people, the stage hands, the, the everything that took place to see the power of God working in our midst, using every single one of you guys in a wonderful way was amazing. Watching the talents being used in such, I mean, all at once, you know, boom, 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 boom. All the, you know, sometimes we see one person, two people, sometimes even a worship team, we can see six or seven people at work, but, but 40 some people all coming together and watching the different gifts and talents working, it just blows my mind. And then the gospel going forth and to watch people respond and give their lives to Jesus. Maybe you're one of those people that raised their hand. Well, welcome to the kingdom. That's what we're here for. And to see the work of God working here in our midst is just wonderful. To see the mission field that God has called us to, and it's just wonderful. The Holy Spirit working. May the Holy Spirit continue to work in our midst, and may we allow him to continue to, to work here in our midst. May we allow him, and may we continually allow ourselves to be available to all that he wants to do in and through our lives, because folks, I don't know if you know this or not, but I can stand here and say, we don't have long here on this planet. I could say that with all assurance. We do not have long here. I don't believe it. I don't believe we have long here at all. Jesus Christ is called the rapture of the church. And I believe with all my heart, I believe it's going to take place very soon. That's my own conviction. That's what I believe. I believe the Lord's going to snatch us up and take us out of this place. And we're to live a life of expectancy, expecting for the Lord's return at any time. We're to live that way. And if we're to live that way, Lord, help us to allow his power, his goodness, his spirit to move in a special way as we make ourselves available to him. Amen. I read these verses and I, I, I see the work of Jesus doing such wonderful works, but then it continued on in the church. You read the book of Acts. It continues on in the church. It continues on through not only apostles. You get people say, well, you know, when the apostles died, that's when uh, the, the works of the Spirit were pretty much uh, taken out of the way. And, uh, you know, we don't see those type of works here today. No. Jesus called 70 of them out. Do you remember that? He called out 70 of them to go out, to lay hands on the sick. And they came back. Remember, they were rejoicing because demons fled at the name of Jesus. And he says, don't get so excited. Don't rejoice that the demons, that you have power over the demons, but rejoice that your name is written in the book of life, basically. I mean, it wasn't just the apostles and it continues to go on through the church. The work of God working in our midst. And it continues to go on today with you, with me, if we allow him to. Remember that story in Acts 19? We're told that God worked unusual miracles by the hand of Paul the Apostle. Remember that? Every time I read it, it talks about how God's spirit was working so powerfully in him that they would take these handkerchiefs or these aprons and they would, you know, take them and they would put it on the sick and the sick were healed. Talk about power. And I believe personally, my conviction is, is when they knew that was from Paul, that was, it released their faith and they're like, wow, you know, God's working in this man in such a powerful way. You know, God can even heal me if I touch this apron or this handkerchief and they touched it and then they were healed. That's the early church. 
God working in such a powerful way. People knew that God was working in such a powerful way. They knew if I could only touch just his, just the garment of Paul the Apostle, it doesn't even, you know, not even the hem of Jesus, just Paul's hem of his, you know, just a little handkerchief that he has, a sweatband that he has. I just touched that. I'm going to be healed. And people were healed. But you remember the Jewish chief priest or one of the Jewish chief priests named uh, Skevia? Remember his seven sons, the seven sons of Skevia? Remember, they tried doing the same thing. They tried casting a demon out. Remember that story? And they tried casting a demon out. And they says, we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. That's scary. And I believe they, they saw Paul the apostle cast out demons, heal the sick. And they're like, wow, we want some of that power. And they probably listened to him real carefully. You know, okay, he says, all right, in the name of Jesus, I cast you out. Boom, and they're gone. They're, That's it. That's the formula. We got it. They're probably, I, you know, I put myself in their shoes. They're probably, no, let's listen again. Let's follow them again. Make sure we got this down, okay? What was it? Write this down. We got to write this down. Okay, listen. Okay, in the name of Jesus, I cast you out. And then, that's it. In the name of Jesus, he cast them out. That's perfect. So they try to exercise a demon. They try to cast out a demon. And they says, by the Jesus whom Paul preaches, we, we cast you out. Do you remember what happened? The evil spirit answered. Remember that? He says, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? <laughs> That's scary. If you're a born-again Christian and you're being used by God, believe me, the demonic realm knows who you are because you're given all power and all authority over any power of darkness that exists because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. But if you're not a child of God and you do not have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you have no power whatsoever over darkness. Matter of fact, you're persuaded by evil. Matter of fact, you're in sin. And matter of fact, there's no way out except through Jesus Christ. And God wants to set you free. And I'm not pointed at any individual. I don't know who you are. God knows who you are. But because of that, the word went out in Ephesus and Jesus was magnified. They saw, wow, there's power, not just in his name, but those that are born again of his spirit, there's power. Those guys have power. Not just because your dad's a Jewish chief priest, that doesn't give you power like the Holy Spirit does in a believer. And Jesus was magnified in Ephesus because of that. This morning, I don't even know what time it was, in the middle of the night, my wife wakes me up and she says, wake up. She says, there's a loud chirping in the room. I think it's the smoke detector, the battery. You need to fix it. And I'm thinking earplugs. <laughs> I'm in a deep sleep. I don't even hear this chirping. I'm a pretty light sleeper for the most part, but I'm in such a deep sleep. I don't hear. I said, honey, I don't hear anything. She goes, no, it's chirping real loud. And I'm like, that's okay. Just go to sleep. You know, let's go to sleep. It's in the middle of the night. I don't know, three in the morning, two, three, somewhere in there. I'm just, I want to sleep. I know I got to get up early. I got to teach. I got to preach. I need my sleep. And she shakes me again. She says, no, it's not going away. You got to get up. I wanted to say, do you know where the smoke detector is? <laughs> and I was like, I was going to point. It's over up there. 
I knew where it was, you know, and I'm, as I go over to get it and I'm thinking, keep my eyes closed, do it with your eyes closed. Don't let any light go on, go back to sleep. If you just don't turn the lights on, you can go back to sleep. So it's on the ceiling and I can't reach it. And I said, honey, where's the step stool? And she goes, I don't know. And I'm thinking it's in the garage. That's one, two, three steps, three to the second floor, the third floor, the garage. I'm thinking, oh no, I got to turn on a light. I don't want to go. So I'm thinking, word, okay, stand on. So I went across the hall to my office and I got the office chair and it's got a swivel and it's back and forth. I don't care, you know? So I'm bringing him, got my eyes half closed. I'm going to sleep, you know? I'm bringing it in there and I, I'm, I step on it like this and she's in bed. And she says, you want me to hold the chair? I said, no, honey, I'm, I'm fine. You know, and I'm trying to do the balancing act, you know? And, and I grab this thing and it doesn't want to come down. And finally, I'm pulling, I'm twisting, I'm twisting. You know how you're just supposed to twist and pull it? It doesn't work. I'm twisting to the right, twisting to the left. This thing's not coming down. I just yanked it down, the, the screws, the anchors, everything. Rick, we need to talk. It's construction. <laughs> He's a construction guy. I am so tired. I don't, I'm serious. I do not want to wake up because I know if I wake up fully, I'm not going back to sleep. You guys are all in trouble. So I go in the office. I, I think I'm not even going to try to find the battery. I'm just going to throw this in the office. I go, shut the door, shut our door. We're not going to hear it. It's on the other side of the house. And I put it over there, shut the door, shut the, I took the, the, the chair. I didn't want to trip over it. I throw it in the hallway and shut the door. I go back and, and she goes, honey, it's still chirping. I go, I can't be chirping. It's in the other room. She goes, no, listen. And you hear the loud chirping still in our room. It wasn't the smoke detector. I said, honey, I don't know what it is. And again, I'm thinking, earplugs, let's go to sleep. So I'm like, I have to turn the light on. So I, I turn on the light, and we, on the floor, I see this carbon monoxide detector that they had installed. It's a new home, but you know, we didn't know it was. So it was sitting there. I unplugged it. So it's sitting there on the ground, and it's chirping. It's making noise. And I'm like, okay. And then there's a plug, an outlet thing in the back. It's like, just plug it in. It's going to work. I plugged it in. You know, I'm like, okay, honey, it's fixed. It's plugged in. And it's still chirping. So no big deal. I pull it off the thing. I, I, I go to the bathroom. I'm going to lock it up. You know, chirp all you want. You know, I don't care. And then I, but I read the back of it and it, it says that, you know, carbon monoxide is odorless or it's no smell or, or whatever, but it can kill you. And I'm half asleep. You know, I'm reading this can kill you. And I'm like, and then there's all this small print that I should read to find out what's, you know, why it's making this noise and all. And I'm thinking, you know what? If I die, that's better than waking up. So I set it down on the counter. <laughs> and I'm thinking, does, does, does it make you fall asleep? Because that would be good. <laughs> now, obviously, I had a peace. We weren't going to die. Obviously, we didn't die here. I am, you know, but... Uh, you know, woke up in the morning, read the small print. It says, if it's one loud chirp, you've replaced the battery. You know, da, 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 da. Why did I tell you that story? Because it was miserable. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we finally went back to sleep. I was thinking of that story, obviously, first thing in the morning. And, you know, I was thinking about our power source. And I was thinking about, you know, what if we had a, a little, you know, an indicator if we weren't plugged into our power source. 
Jesus is our power source. If, you know, think of that. If there was like a loud chirp that came out of our, you know, oop, you know, that guy has, you know, he's not plugged in. But I think we do have indicators, don't we? I know I have indicators. Those around us, those that are close with us, they they know the indicators. They know when we're not plugged into our power source. Our family members, they know. The people around us, they know. That crazy little gizmo, you know, detector works great when it's plugged in, when the batteries are in, works wonderful. When we're plugged into our power source, we, that's how we're built. We're to, we're to stay plugged into our power source. And when we are, it's so powerful. And for the most part, the people that are in the world, they, they don't even like us sometimes because we're filled with God and his spirit. And they, they don't understand. And sometimes they get angry or they get upset. They they're vile, even the joy of the Lord, that it, it, it bothers them sometimes. But that doesn't mean unplug, because they're the ones that need to change. They need the power of God working in their lives. They need to be taken out of darkness, and they need to come to the light. Stay plugged in. We're entering a new year, 2014. You know, I've been praying, okay, Lord, what's the vision? What's the vision? What's the vision? And the Lord reminded me it's the same vision that the early church had. It doesn't change. It doesn't change here in this place. The vision for the church, it's found in Acts 2.42. Let me read it to you. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That's the teaching of the word of God. This is the early church. This is what they did. This is where their power source came from. They stayed in the word of God. In fellowship. By the way, we're doing that right now. We're in the word of God. We're in fellowship. The word fellowship is koinonia. The Greek word koinonia. That's oneness. It means the gathering together, coming together in one like-mindedness. Doing those things that God has called us to do. So you've got the apostles' doctrine, which is the word of God, fellowship, the breaking of bread, that's partaking of communion, or even having love feasts. And that's what we do here. We partake of communion together. Breaking bread, we have fellowship, and we break bread together. We have love feasts. And the fourth thing, in prayer. And we're going to continue to be a church that prays, a church that's on our knees, interceding for this community, interceding for loved ones, interceding and praying for those that are lost. So you want to know the vision of this church? It stays the same. It's the same vision the early church had. They were steadfast in these things meaning they did this continually. The apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayer. And we're told in verse 47, when they did these things, God added to the church daily those 
that we're being saved. So as we close, again, we have an all-powerful God. He's at work. With or without us, he's at work. He's doing a wonderful work. I want to be a part of it. And I call you to be a part of it. Let's stay plugged in. I'm not talking works. I'm not talking, you know, doing works to be saved. No, you can only be saved by grace through faith. We're not saved by our good works, but guess what? We are saved for good works. All the good works in the world will not save your soul. But once you're saved, we're saved for the good work that God wants to do in and through our lives. Amen. Let's pray. Come the throne of mercy. It's the sound of our singing praise. It's the sound of our Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. As we come to Your throne of mercy It's the sound of our singing praise It's the sound of our